White's Art Auction is on view at the RDS this weekend. See stunning works by Jack Yates, Lillian Davidson, Paul Henry, Patrick Heron, Louis Lebrocki, Basil Blackshaw, Donald Teske and many others. On view Saturday to Monday at the RDS and online at whites.ie. White's, where Irish art is truly valued. For this month's Eason Book Club, we chose Whisper Network by Chandler Baker. And I'm wondering what our assembled panel thought of the book. Um, Claudia Carroll is here and Caroline Vaughan. Good morning, uh, ladies. You're Hi, very Pat. welcome. Or women, Lovely should I say. <laughs> lest someone pick me up on that. Um, but this is a, a book about women, isn't it? Yes, absolutely for women. I loved it. I'm so delighted because I wasn't that mad on the last one. And this, I devoured it in a matter of days. Um, So, Claudia, do you want to explain what the book is about? Well, just to tell you a little bit of what it's about. It's written by an author called Chandler Baker. And she herself is a lawyer and she's written. So she very much knows the world. She's she knows her eggs. And uh, it's set in Texas. So now she's still, a woman who was writing young adult literature yeah, before. Yeah, that's right. Yes, it's um, quite a leap for her. So she, yeah, but at the same time, she, she knows how to wield a, a, a yes, pen. Yes, a yarn. Absolutely, definitely. But uh, it's set in um, uh, in Texas, so still quite a patriarchal society in um, a sports, a massive sports organisation. And she's got three characters, three women who are all, you know, Harvard Law graduates, like at the top of the profession, who are working in the legal department all three of whom have suffered um, sexual harassment by one particular guy who works for the company, who is now in line to be their CEO. Yeah, the boss uh, drops dead, basically. Basically. The big and boss. That his, his, one of his uh, juniors is about to take over his job and all three women have a history with this guy. And it's not a good one. Now, now there are many ways in which we could spoil the yarn, but one of the ways in which we can't spoil the yarn, Caroline, because it happens early, is this particular individual has a sticky end. Yes, absolutely. We know there's a mystery from the very beginning. Um, we're trying to figure out who who done it. Um, or if anyone or done Or if it. anyone done it, yeah, exactly. But for me, it was, the, the plot was brilliant, but I really adored how much she got women. She obviously was writing about her own experience, but apart from just the Me Too movement, which it's definitely set against, um, I adored how she just wrote the experience of women from things like what she describes how a woman never goes to her car in a car park at night without thinking is do I need to look behind my yeah. shoulder and I just recognised I haven't worked in a legal department of a, of a sports company but I recognised myself in so many of the pages and she covers everything from privilege to sexism to different kinds of sexual harassment and just general kind of discourse around around women in the workplace and I I just I loved it I thought oh, I don't thought it was brilliant and it's a very layered yeah, book because of one of the characters for instance um, has had an affair with this particular guy and she's a grown adult and she was complicit so you think you know it's a grey area there immediately mm-hmm. but the affair has ended before the book begins but the guy um, who's in line to be CEO um, is bullying her and manipulating her and using it as leverage against her and what triggers the book is that a much younger woman who's a, another Harvard graduate who's edited Harvard Who Law also Review. has uh, and I can say this without spoiling a little there's a little bit of history there there is a little bit yeah. of history there yeah and, and she has been drafted and they're all likeable women as well which is important to say yes, you know, absolutely doesn't warrant it there's a, another woman of course uh, Rosalita, Rosalita. Uh, and when you read the blurb, you kind of treat all the women as being, if you like, the same. Yeah. Uh, but then when you get into the book, you realise Rosalita has a very different role in the proceedings. Yeah, she's like the eyes and ears of the office because she's working late at night. She's one of the cleaners in this vast building and she's seeing what goes on in, you know, corner offices late at night.
Yeah, and, and, and the I won't idea that, <laughs> that that early in the book she talks about, you know, when you're cleaning an office, you just barge in, you make as much noise as you can, and that's the way you become invisible. Yeah. Whereas if you sneak around, people are looking out for you. <laughs> you know, if, you, yeah. if you're trying to be careful, but you just barge in. But that um, Texas thing as well, given what's going on in Texas and El Paso mm-hmm. and uh, the Hispanic issue and how Hispanics are treated, that is all you know, in a prescient way, part relevant. of the book. And, you know, she writes about that, Chandler Baker, and she says, you know, she, she writes about her own experience working in a firm very similar to this. And she said when she was young and she was like 24, 25, the guys in the office in this big corporate law firm took her out drinking and she said they were trying to sound out, was she, quote unquote, a good sport? Mm. And she said there was a group of older women in the office who had obviously been down this road with this guy. And she said they just removed her from eggy situations late at night in bars with such grace and such elegance and done with such discretion. She didn't even realise what was that she was actually being protected by women, by other women. And this is when it all explodes. But I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, and it's also really interesting, the the sort of... um, what they use to kind of bring the, the plot along, which is the bad men list, which I think is something that is, you know, it can happen so easily these days with social media where someone's name can end up on a list or you can just shame someone publicly that way. And this drives the whole the whole plot forward um, and how it can destroy a life to, to, you know, wind up on a list that's not very favourable. Now, people have been saying Big Little Lies. Yes. Um, and in fact, Reese Witherspoon has nominated it as yeah, her, book her book of, yeah. the, of the month. Um, but also, there's, you know, echoes of Sex and the City as well. I think a, a much more mature, um, sophisticated element of Sex and the City might be there. I certainly didn't think of it as I was reading it. But for me, it was sort of part legal thriller, part soapy drama. You know, it was I was quite a page turner. Like, you know, it was, it was quite um, everything. It was shocker. You know, there was things that you're like, Jesus, oh, my God. So for me, it was, yeah, I just kept flicking the page forward. And actually, the way I read it was so funny. I, I would read before I go to sleep and I, would, I wouldn't get very far. And then as I finished it, my husband take it off me. He'd read it. So we were reading it together, but he was waiting till I fell asleep to read it. And actually, I think it's a really important book for men to read as well. OK, uh, we'll find out what our book club caller, uh, and that is uh, Fiona Lanigan, who also read the Tom Hanks uh, book in their book club. Uh, Fiona, good morning. Good morning. Now, you're speaking on behalf Hi. of Janet and Lisa and Sinead and Teresa and Adrienne and Bernice and Lorraine and Anne and, of course, yourself. What did you collectively think of the book? Well, in general, we all actually really enjoyed it. Um, it was a really good book club book as it brought up like loads of great discussions and raised an awful lot of valid points. Like there was loads to discuss and debate. Like sometimes if you get a book that's just a really nice book, you know, the book club can just, you know, not be great. But if you have a book that has a good topic in it or that divides opinion, then you can really have a really good book club night out of it. Like everyone had anecdotes and stories from our time in employment and we felt the book was very relevant with the hashtag Me Too vibes running all through it. Like the book highlights that it's a very difficult world for women. The choice, like whether to stand up for yourself or to stay quiet when you're put in a compromising situation. But the topic of the book is a minefield which made it such a good book club book. For instance, like there were mixed views about how anti-male it was in places. And a lot of the male characters were stereotypes. The husbands were either really too nice or the other men were too awful. And one thing we didn't like was that each chapter was written from the point of view of we. So it was assuming that the reader was a woman 
and that we all agreed with what was being said. So mm. it would be very interesting to see what like males think of the book, you know. And we, we yeah. did feel it was something like you could see on Netflix. And we really did pay for the book. But we did feel the end of the we're we're losing you there slightly, um, Fiona. We slightly off mic there. Oh, sorry. You're saying you interesting to think what uh, to hear what males would think of the the book. Would think um, of the book because it definitely was written from a wee point of view, like from the point of view of a woman. Yeah. You know, and um, um, but we thought it's it's not just about sort the of the dating up. scene though, uh, Fiona. I mean, it's about motherhood. It's about uh, postpartum depression. It, it is one of the issues there. Um, there, there, there are lots of aspects of women's life, uh, both at home and at work, which are plumbed in this particular book. Yes, we could identify with the women as working mothers, and like, especially um, the Grace having to work when she had a young baby at home, and then Sloan working in the guilt she felt when uh, Abigail was being bullied in school. And um, we could also relate to the issue of school bullying and there was a parallel between the two storylines, the bullying like in the workplace and the bullying in the schools. And um, aside from the obvious storyline of the sexual harassment, we thought there was a lot of guilt in the book that, um, you know, there was the guilt about being a working mom and missing out on like the baby at home and, you know, having to deal with Abigail being bullied. And that's probably why Sloan went to such yeah. extremes like bringing but, a lawyer into school and everything, you know. Something as a, as a um, male uh, who lives in a house full of women that I recognised instantly, um, which is something we don't really uh, talk about, but getting ready for work. For a woman, it's a big production. Yeah, yeah. For a guy, it's drag on. <laughs> whatever you can <laughs> and you're ready to go in five or even going out for a meal in the evening and you know the guy just puts on the uniform yeah. it's a very straightforward thing uh, so even the working day excluding all yeah. any home duties that might be shared or otherwise the working day is longer for women women need more hours in the day for sure yeah. alright so um, marks out of 10 Fiona and a general verdict from, from you and your book club colleagues um, I'd say it would have got about a 7 out of 10 and the good, we've got a good feeling. We all said we would pass it on to other people, especially just to highlight anything that gets a good discussion going about these topics is very important. And I think it's good to hand it to even teenagers to read and to young adults going into the workplace just to you know make them aware. And I think though, like society is changing and there is a different attitude now. And like in schools, there's workshops informing children about consent and respect and everything. So we're just hoping that everything is going forward. And one of the issues we did actually bring up about the book was, would it make any difference? Like, would this make a woman, after reading this book, would it make a woman actually stand up for themselves and say, yeah, this has happened mm. to me? Yeah. Or, you know, because interestingly, it was the high-powered women that set the ball in motion, read yeah. the court case, but it was the woman lower down on the ladder, ladder that saved them. Yeah, uh, uh, that's the, the narrative. But I'm wondering, younger women, particularly going into the workplace, it would kind of mark their card a bit, I, I suspect, in mm. this book, you know, kind of alert them to the, the possible well, It's, it's raised in the book. It's very much raised in the younger woman's character, the character of Catherine, because she, you know, she just think, well, you know, the, the bad men list that Caroline referenced stands for Beware of Assholes, Dallas. 
And when the ladies are adding the name of this guy who has harassed them, she just thinks, well, I've already lost one job. I I don't want to be that person who loses two jobs. And 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 that's when everything goes a bit pear-shaped, the adding of the name. So, Caroline, your verdict on this? I would say seven out of ten. I absolutely loved all the different layers, like you talk about motherhood, privilege, women in the workplace. For me, there was maybe a couple of little plot holes towards the end where you're kind of learning about different women's actual involvement with this man in particular and some of them are a little bit watery or a bit loose and kind of feel a little bit clobbed together uh, but yeah I think 7 out of 10 would be where I'd go I definitely I mean absolute holiday read for sure Yeah and you read it in two days flat I read so. it in two days Okay Claudia I would give it an 8 out of 10 I really thoroughly enjoyed it um, I agree with Caroline there was a lot of loose ends for me which weren't quite tied up as, as uh, the way I would have liked towards the end but um, I thought Fiona raised some really brilliant points on, on the phone just there but I thought that um, when she said about the male characters being a little bit too good to be true but I thought the character of Ames he's you could see how he manipulates these women because one of the women Grace who's nursing and work um, he's actually quite nice to her he takes her up onto the balcony, mm. gives her a cigarette, you know, chats to her. He's he's quite charming. Whereas yeah. I took that as very much he was manipulating her to play yeah. against him, you know. Mm. But maybe I'm just charming. paranoid. It's <laughs> <Yeah. That's> a layered <laughs> book. All right. Well, uh, you'd recommend you'd pass it on to, to a Absolutely. pal to read. So that's the best recommendation you can possibly do. Now, Caroline, your turn. Uh, to choose the next book and uh, a sneak preview now for that Eason have recommended Girl in the Rearview Mirror by Kelsey Ray Dimberg Philip Martin is the son of the sitting senator he's an ex-football player who carries himself with an easy grace and appears destined to step into his father's seat when the time is right his wife Marina stylish and elegant director of Phoenix's Fine Arts Museum and they have a four-year-old daughter uh, Amabel. Finn Hunt is working in a dull office to pay off her college debt. She meets Philip. She eagerly agrees to become Amabel's nanny. Though the glamour of the Martins' lifestyle undeniably dazzles Finn, behind every facade lurks a less attractive truth. That's right. number one. Inland by Tia Obrecht. In the lawless, drought-ridden lands of the Arizona Territory in 1893, two extraordinary lives collide. Nora is an unflinching frontierswoman awaiting the return of the men in her life, her husband, who's gone in search of water for the parched household, and her elder sons, who vanished after an explosive argument. Lurie is a former outlaw and a man haunted by ghosts. But what happens when Nora and Lurie's stories intertwine? The third one, Miracle Creek by Angie Kim. In a small town in Virginia, a group of people know each other because they're part of a special treatment centre, a hyperbaric chamber that may cure a range of conditions from infertility to autism. But then the chamber explodes. Two people die and it's clear the explosion wasn't an accident. A powerful showdown unfolds as the story moves across characters who are all maybe keeping secrets and hiding betrayals. And the final one, The Guardian of Lies by Kate Furnival. Eloise Cossade is a courageous young Frenchwoman raised on a bull farm near Arles in the Camargue. She idolises her older brother André and when he leaves to become an intelligence officer working for the CIA in Paris to help protect France, she soon follows him. But everything changes when André is injured, a direct result of Eloise's actions. Unable to work, André returns to his father's farm, but Eloise's sense of guilt and responsibility for his injuries sets her on the trail of the person who attempted to kill him. 
Now there's a choice for you, Carla. Oh God! I'd look at that. We'll give you a day or two <laughs> to think about it, and uh, uh, hopefully you'll uh, come up with a book that we will all enjoy in the last sure. weeks of August. But Claudia and Caroline, thank you very much for thank joining you so us. Much. Thank you. The Eason Book Club on the Pat Kenny Show, sharing book recommendations with book lovers every month. <laughs>